We use our phones for everything at this point, and I am absolutely guilty of that. I look up recipes on my phone. I meal plan on my phone. I use my GPS, even though I know where I'm going. (laughs) (laughs) But did you know that you can also use your phone for some sexy me time? Don't worry. Your fantasies are safe with Dipsy. Just don't forget to use your headphones. Dipsy is an app full of hundreds of short, sexy audio stories designed by women for women. They bring scenarios to life with immersive soundscapes and realistic characters. Discover stories about second chance romances, adventurous vacation flings, and hot and heavy hookups. And there's a growing library of fantasy series with vampires, Greek gods, and fairy smut to explore the bounds of your pleasure. New content is released every week, so in between listening to your favorite stories again and again, you can always find something new to explore. They also have soothing sleep stories, wellness sessions, and sexy written stories to read. Let Dipsy be your go-to place to spice up your me time. Explore your fantasies, relax and unwind, or even heat things up with a partner. For listeners of our show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash justbreakup. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to dipsystories.com slash justbreakup dipsystories.com slash just break up. Welcome to Just Break Up, the podcast about love, heartbreak, and all the relationship advice you don't want to hear. My name is Sierra DeMolder. And I'm Sam Blackwell. This week, we're going to tackle topics like being in a sex rut, (laughs) (laughs) overbearing families, and when your self-worth gets tied up in how well you do things. Mm. Oh, mm. Bitch. <laughs> uh, but before we begin, we just want to give you our Surgeon General's warning, which is that we don't know what we're doing. No, we are not professionals. We are not trained in this. We have no accreditation. Accredit- accreditation? Yeah. Is that a word? Yeah. Accreditation. Accreditation. I don't know if a person can be accredited, but I know a school can. <laughs> Uh, Yeah, we are two (laughs) English majors not using our degrees somewhere in our 30s floating around this shithole called life. (laughs) So please take our advice as you see fit. We're just here to offer our humble musings to hopefully shed some understanding and maybe some laughs on the incredibly rewarding but mostly confusing experience that is love. Welcome to episode 55. 55, here we are. Five, five. Mm -hmm. That's wild. Yeah, that means we've been doing this for like over a year. I know. Well, happy one year anniversary again, even though we've said this to each other like a hundred times. <laughs> like a million times. Hashtag fine. Gemini's. <laughs> um, so this uh, episode comes out the week after our live, our very first live anniversary show mm-hmm. in which we recorded an episode live in Minneapolis and about 150 people came out to celebrate with us. Um, if you haven't heard it already, it's listed under episode 54. Mm-hmm. Big thanks to our producer, Big Cats, for recording it. Um, but I thought we could just check in about it and um, extend our experiences and gratitude to those who couldn't join us. Mm-hmm. So what was it like for you? It was bonkers. Bonkers. <laughs> uh, it was just really unlike anything that I had ever done before. Yeah. And like, I mean, I get up in front of people a lot in my real job. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but usually I'm talking about like boring things. Uh and so it was weird to like get up and just have to 
like start talking about mm-hmm. shit and like show up as myself and be super authentic um and it was uh, like unlike anything i'd ever done before but it was super fun super exciting yeah i loved how many of our friends came out mm-hmm. i loved how many people came um from both inside minnesota and outside like shout out to the uh, people from Illinois and Wisconsin and Canada who came mm-hmm. um, and North Dakota and all over. Um, it just felt so rewarding because I think Sam and I always have fun recording. We mm-hmm. always have fun sitting in this room alone, like talking at each other. Yeah. <laughs> and we always laugh at our own jokes. But it was just so rewarding to feel that actual tangible energy, that exchange of mm-hmm. energy that happens in communication um, and at live shows particularly. It it just fueled me for like another year of this. For sure. Un, you know, unsolicited. Well, it is technically solicited. Yeah, they do ask us for advice. Unqualified <laughs> advice. Let's call yep. it that. Um, yeah. And I felt like my outfit was on point. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah. And uh, just the whole thing felt really good. Kind of went by as a blur. Yeah, for sure. I don't really remember much of it <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah 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 i mean i remember before and i remember after but i don't really remember what happened while we were on stage so the one thing that'll prove that we had that I, we are not professionals is that i ordered 33 just break up pint glasses mm-hmm. with cute little just break up hearts on them yeah live show exclusive exclusive for the live <laughs> show and i ordered 33 because i wanted to sell 30 of them and give us each one of them y- <laughs> you and spencer yep. <laughs> and they were supposed to come the friday before the show the show was on saturday they didn't come i was on the phone with ups for an hour after hours like mm-hmm. at like eight to be like uh excuse me, because the thing updated to say it was coming on Monday, whatever. They said that they were going to special deliver them to us on Saturday. So I was like, cool, awesome. You know what? No worries. I'm here to celebrate. <laughs> Hashtag head and heart work. Uh-huh, yeah. You know, good, true UPS delivery, that That's sort right. of thing. Yeah. Um, and then they ended up not coming on time, got on the phone with the person again on my way to the venue being like, any way you can deliver them to the venue. And they're like, I don't know, we'll call you back. And then they never did, just mm-hmm. like a typical relationship. <laughs> you you expect ghosted people by to UPS. show yeah. up. I did get ghosted by UPS. <laughs> you expect people to show up and they just don't. Uh-huh. Um, and then at one point I look at you and I was like, I don't, I don't think I don't think the pint glasses are coming. And you're like, they're not coming, sweetie. <laughs> you know, you like p- patted me on the shoulder. Uh-huh. And then I mean, I, let I knew it they go. weren't coming. And then I realized closure was within me. <laughs> That's right. And I was like, okay, they're not coming, which is all to say I have 30 just break up pint glasses in my house. Perfect. Um, and so I'm thinking about putting them on sale, maybe just for our Patreon listeners. Mm. Because. Uh, Sorry to non-Patreon listeners, but there's only 30 of them. Mm-hmm. They were meant to be hyper-exclusive. So unless I sell them for $100 a piece. Let's not do that. No, no, no. No. Um, yeah, maybe. I don't know. Or we can bring them to our next live show. I'm kind of talking this out on air, live with you. Yeah. But how are we going to get them there? To to the next live show? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not driving. Okay, so um, I'll probably. This is all. This is. You could ship them to the venue. This is all. This is all to say. It's it's not to announce that I'm selling these mugs. I mean, <laughs> pint like... glasses. It's just to lament that you know, men ain't shit. 
uh-huh. <laughs> UPS men and no, just kidding. <laughs> Uh, just kidding. I Never just... trust UPS is really the moral of that story. They were so accommodating up until the point they didn't come. Yeah, like they, they were like... so ready. They were like, oh my God, I talked to this store manager. We're going to reroute them. They're going to be on a special trip just for you, yada, yada. So th- I thought they were, I thought that their customer service was like, bam, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, on point. Uh-huh. Until yeah. <laughs> 6.25 before our 7 p.m. show in which I looked at you and said they're not coming. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, people tend to overpromise and underdeliver. So, God damn. God damn. <laughs> Out the gate so cold. Um, that's uh, and actually, funny. UPS is, is great, and they do a lot of work with me in my real job. So, like, yes. I, I don't want to badmouth them. No, no, no. Um, I, they actually do a great community, like, give back yeah. um, stuff. Anyway, so sorry, UPS or UPS employees out there. I respect you. I just wanted my pint glasses on time. <laughs> that's all right. I could have ordered them earlier. <laughs> the universe continues to devastate us. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. But this is all a good, um, adorable, clunky segue into the fact that I want to peep something exciting. We just closed our first ever live show, Mm -hmm. but we have our second live show in the books already. That's true. So Austin, Texas. (gasps) What? What are you doing Saturday, November 2nd? I mean, I will be in in Austin, Texas, and I will be recording a live show. Yeah, I was. I was. That was not directed at you, Sam. It was directed at Austin, Texas, oh, the awesome. city. Um, so put that on your calendars. We'll we'll come out. Um, in a couple of weeks, we'll come out with more details. Um, the venue is already booked. Everything like that. We just haven't um, uh, done any promotional work yet. But just put that in your calendar, November second. If you're out of state, get a road trip planned with your homies. Yeah down to austin i've never been to austin have you it's awesome is it yes i've heard very good things yes what have you heard that it's like i don't know the minneapolis of texas <laughs> excellent description except for probably a little bit uh cooler maybe okay i think minneapolis is really cool yeah but i might be very biased for sure it's underrated for sure it's so underrated. But um, Austin is not underrated. It's perfectly rated. Oh, great. You know, okay. like, it's it's a cool city, uh, cool things to do, great food, great yeah. arts and culture. Lots of beer, I understand. Mm-hmm. And and cool things in nature. Like, I'll probably take you to a spring. Oh, cool. If you want to do that. That'll be great. It'll be November, so it'll be, like, exactly. frigid cold here already. Yeah, I just want to, like, <laughs> I want to do the live show, and then I want to eat my weight. Yeah in good food and then float down a small stream that sounds great (laughs) um one thing about the live show that i did not anticipate was how exhausted i would be afterwards homie (laughs) welcome to the life of public speaking for full time i mean i i don't mean that to disparage your experience i I mean yes that is true (laughs) it is so i don't think people realize how physically exhausting it is to speak in front of people Mm -hmm. um when you are this one of the sole sources of the conversation for sure like we you and i were having a conversation but we were having a conversation for 150 people yeah and that is exhausting yeah we like went out afterwards and i was like i'm so tired oh my god i looked at sam when i got to the venue i was like i'm here to fucking party dude (laughs) you did say that yeah yeah, after the live show i'm gonna we're gonna party we're gonna dance like i want to celebrate and legitimately after the live show we went to a gay bar i ordered quesadillas and one cider i had half of the quesadillas and i went to bed (laughs) it's true you did and i was eating the quesadillas in on like a um at like a 180 degree angle (laughs) 
like flat. That's flat, right? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. You were like lying on the, yeah, on yeah, the yeah. couch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On the little cushions outside on the patio. Yeah. Um, but anyway, this is all to say a big thanks to everybody who came. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we've been dreaming of doing a live show for a year. Yeah, since we started. <laughs> yeah. Sam, I think a couple weeks after we put out our first episode, Sam turned to me and said, I want to do this live everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be like the uh, my favorite murder ladies and uh-huh. travel across the world. Yeah. Um, and I do too. So uh, this is all to say, if you have a hookup for a show in a city um, near you or in a venue near you, shoot us a message at justbreakuppod at email. No, g- at Gen- gmail. <laughs> Email.com. <laughs> Uh, sorry, y'all. Sierra ran to Spencer's house, so she's like very tired. I'm very t- I ran. I'm covered in sweat. I'm really thirsty. I ran the four miles from my house to the studio at Spencer's house and at email.com. <laughs> it's um, Gmail, actually. Yeah. And also, like, this is more of like a little tiny brain baby mm-hmm. in my head. But um, Big Cats and I were talking about bringing Just Break Up to your college campus. So if you are a um, student union organizer or if you are involved with a club that has to do with, A, the entertainment of the students on your campus, Mm -hmm. or B, healthy relationships, um, C, uh, like mental health resources on your campus, things like that. I think about uh, Take Back the Night events um, that I used to be poetry at. Mm -hmm. You know, all of the clubs involved in, in in booking those types of shows. If you guys ever want to host a live a Just Break event, Just Break Up podcast event on your campus, shoot us an email at justbreakuppod at gmail.com. There we go. Yay. And uh, we will see what we can get get uh, cooking. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. We're in the kitchen over I here. I should probably some take stuff. a nap, if you know what I mean. <laughs> okay. Uh, you want to get into some letters, Samuel? Yeah. So our first letter comes from LKJ, who is writing from Atlanta. Hey, guys, I need some help uh, navigating a slight rough patch in my relationship. We have been together for almost a year and are completely head over heels in love. Like, I want to have your babies kind of love. Recently, our sex life has become kind of routine in that we work, we come home, we have sex, we go to sleep. This has been acknowledged, and we have tried to talk about what to do to change that. However, I feel like I'm disappointing him in that I don't want to have sex like we used to when we were on the honeymoon phase, and that is put, it is putting a strain on us. I do believe that sex is important, an important part of any relationship, but I don't know how to transition from constant sex in the honeymoon to a more comfortable and relaxed partnership without these feelings of guilt that I'm not doing, quote, my job as his girlfriend. Mm. Thanks, society. Help. Oh, thank you so much for writing. Uh, I love a good sexual question. <laughs> I know you do, and I hate them. <laughs> I don't love them because I'm because it's it's not uncomfortable because of the question you asked us. Um, it just we're not really given the language to talk about sex um, very easily. No, you know. Um. All right. L L K. L K. Okay, that's cute. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, so spicing up sex lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, first, let's break down the idea that you, it's not your job to have sex no. with your boyfriend. It's not. That's not your job. No. Uh, just like it's not your job to like mother or clean up or raise or, you know, clean for, sure. for your boyfriend. Like, it's not your job. Yep. If that is part of your 
partnership that you want, then you both need to bring energy to that table, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, for sure. Um, you both need to work on communicating more, asking for what you want, trying new things, putting yourself in new, uncomfortable, but ultimately potentially rewarding experiences. Mm-hmm. But it's not your job. No, right? it's not. I get that pressure, though. Do you feel the pressure to like have sex with your partner or in, in relationships past? I feel like I have before in relationships past. Uh, but, you know, I think that as a man, it's probably a different experience for me because I feel like the societal pressure to be physically and sexually available for my partner hasn't been deeply ingrained in me. Totally. And so, like, I uh, operate under a different assumption around, like, who and who gets to initiate sex and when we have sex like it it feels like an autonomous choice to me totally. most of the time totally like i don't feel i mean that's not true i do feel like guilty when a partner wants to have sex and i don't but yeah. i don't feel like it's my job to do it right you would never use that those words no and Whereas especially if you're having would. sex every single day <laughs> I know. That sounds like the honeymoon phase to me. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure it does. That sounds like a full-time job. You know what I mean? Yeah, and just like, I don't know. Sometimes I've eaten too much and like, I don't want someone on top of me. Oh, no. I don't want somebody under me either. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> um. Yeah, okay. So I definitely have experienced that, per- that very uh, specific um like woman training, let's say, mm-hmm. about sexuality, that I, I have felt that a big part of what I bring to relationships is desire and the fulfillment of the desire. Mm-hmm. Maybe not now in my 30s, um, but definitely up through my younger 20s and stuff. Yep. And I think how how I've learned to combat that is to foster relationships with people that would never make me feel guilty in mm-hmm. the first place, yeah. right? Yep. Um, it. I'm a little confused or I'm not really sure what angle to like approach this at because you say that you and your partner are having regular sex. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of like being in the rut of doing the same thing. Yeah, and the expectation that you have to do it every single day. Yeah. Like what does it look like to not have to do that yeah every single day well, like, let's first talk skip about a day. yeah let's first talk about ways in which you can respectfully decline sex mm-hmm. or or suggest an alternative because sometimes we just need a script sometimes yep. we need a language yep um so i you could just say like um hey i i'm not feeling like having sex tonight do you want to go for a walk that's <laughs> <laughs> don't take my advice i'm not a professional uh, i'm the worst advice giver ever but that's what i thought of is like is it wouldn't it be fun to like go for a walk or or maybe go on a date or or go out to dinner in a way that makes you actually want to like be intimate together for you sure. know if, breaking the cycle makes you like pushes you out of the the comfort of normalcy right mm-hmm. so it is that's why dates are fun it makes it feel romantic and special for sure know? but you also like you can just say, hey, I love you. I'm not feeling it tonight. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go watch a movie or something. Like, 
you have the right to refuse to have sex with your partner. Yeah. Even if the expectation has been made that you do it every night, you can you still have the absolute right to be like, I don't I'm not feeling this tonight. Yeah, fuck a script. Let's focus on the fact that you can just say you don't want to have sex and that can mean that you still have a happy, healthy whole relationship. For sure. Um you can just you you don't have to it is not your job to have sex with your partner at their beck and call. Right. It is not your job to fulfill their fantasies when you don't feel desire to do so. Mm-hmm. Period. No matter yep. what relationship you're in, no matter your gender, um, no matter your sexuality, like you do not have to um, fulfill someone's sexual desires of you if you don't want to. Period. It doesn't matter if you're madly in love. doesn't matter if you first met. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that what you should really focus on is feeling, empowering yourself enough to not only say when you're not feeling interested, but also is there an opportunity for like a more vulnerable conversation that will push your relationship into a deeper intimacy? Mm-hmm. Meaning, can you say, hey, sweet boyfriend or partner of mine? We have um, sex pretty routinely, and so far I'm okay with that. But I have this fear that if we don't have sex, you're not going to love me mm, or yeah. want me. Yep. And I feel like we tiptoe around that that type of um, confession a lot. Mm-hmm. It's always like, well, what's the right thing I can say to avoid having sex or mm-hmm. avoid this conflict or anything? But I, I wonder um, if you could just say that, if you could just say, hey, like, I do love having sex with you. I'm very attracted to you, but I don't want to do it all the time. But I'm afraid if I don't say yes to you, then you'll feel rejected. And I yep. want you to know that I that's not real. You right. know, Is there a way that you guys can work this out more vulnerably together? For sure. And that is um, that's a conversation that I have had with partners before of being like, hey, I love you so much. And I appreciate that you really like you're so into me and you like want to have sex with me frequently uh like i am not you know i'm not feeling it all of the time and so uh, i want you to know that when i say like i don't really want to have sex tonight it's not about you it's about like my level of comfort it's about my desire right now Mm -hmm. and it i love you and i still want to be with you but sometimes sex isn't the way that i express intimacy and sometimes i'm just not feeling it right exactly um Okay, I, I, I think I would just strongly encourage you to try to have that first uncomfortable conversation. Yep. Um, that will be the opening, the the gateway to being able to say, hey, I'm not into it tonight or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. If we want to talk about spicing up your sex life yeah. or digging yourself out of a sex rut, mm-hmm. I think, which I think we do, <laughs> that's a whole other conversation conversation that comes after this conversation right yep i think i just want to say like a blanket statement for all sexual questions which is that it does not get less uncomfortable if you don't talk about it for sure yeah that this avoidance avoidance to talk about sexuality is not going to be the thing that makes it easier Mm -hmm. in fact it will just make it more difficult (laughs) right in fact things like sexuality and sex and and like the grossness of the body and Mm -hmm. and how we all have these weird little flesh vessels (laughs) um can only be talked about with honesty and transparency and a bluntness that 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 also carries 
a great level of empathy, right? Mm-hmm. You can't be embarrassed of queefing <laughs> if you're like, this is just what my fucking body does. Yeah. You know, like we we can be embarrassed if we if we let our body and the weird things our body does. Um, if we if we let those things have the power, mm-hmm. or we can take the power back by talking about them with our partners yeah. openly and honestly. And it's not even the like your body having the power in that situation. It's like society having exactly. the power yes. to tell you Good that your correction. body is gross and disgusting yeah. when it is not. It is beautiful and it is designed to do weird things and awesome things. Yeah. And like you can't have one without the other. Yeah, totally. And I'm not saying like you guys need to like stop having sex when you queef and have like a open and honest conversation. <laughs> Listen, I feel like we need to discuss what happened between us. I love that idea. I'm actually 100% for it. <laughs> Just stop and be like, okay, so how did yeah. that feel for you when I queefed like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I feel like what I feel is that when you do this, it uh-huh. makes me feel, you know, I yeah. statements, whatever. Anyway, um, but I'm just saying... In the same way that Sam and I try to debunk or demystify some of this head and heart work yep. um, by by helping you all recognize that your ex ain't shit or that everybody yep. has shit their pants or that everybody struggles with mm-hmm. self-esteem in the sex is the same way, right? We are brought up to think that it's clean and neat and beautiful and will come intuitively to us. Yep. Will come. Get it? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, but it's just, it isn't. It's 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 weird. It's sticky. It's yep. ungraceful. And it's pleasurable. For and sure. you will desire things you don't think you want to desire. You will, um, you will find intimacy in so many different ways, mm-hmm. whether it be sexually or other ways. Yep. Like our listener or like our the person who wrote in that sometimes maybe you just want to fall asleep next to the person you love. For sure. Do you have any, um, have you ever been in a sex rut? Yeah, for sure. I know. <laughs> it's And I also like, I want to normalize the sex rut. Yes. And I think that's what I want to end on. Yeah. Well, I also have some suggestions for spicing things Ooh, up. So, like... so, I, I am thrilled. <laughs> I'm on the edge of my seat. Great. First thing, stop having sex every day. <laughs> Ooh. Like, and I mean this. Oh my God. What a great piece of advice. Right. Don't have sex because it's expected. Have sex because you want to, right? Like that is how you begin to spice things up in the bedroom is because if you come home, you have sex, it becomes part of your routine. It becomes like eating or like watching Netflix every night, right? right? And and so like then the mystery and the excitingness of it and the desire within it tends to get lost because it's just like, oh, okay, check this off the list. Here we go. So instead of saying like, oh, it's an expectation that we have sex every night, instead say like, let's agree to have sex when we really want to. Like that it's oh it's God. not it's not the after dinner dessert that we eat every night, <laughs> but it is like something that is more special. That it, I'm going to call it an after dinner mint for the rest of my life. Right. But that it is something that like we don't do every night because we want it to remain special. We want it to remain something that is like intimate and that is exciting. And that is, uh, that is such a good comment. Right. Make. That, that is part of our desire for each other and not part of our expectation of what the night is going to Desire hold. versus expectation. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And you know what that makes me think of too is orgasms. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, two thoughts about that. Um, 
I used to be very, this is a little confession, I used to be <laughs> very orgasm-focused in sex, uh-huh. both for myself or my partner. Right. And, that, and I wasn't, this sounds so hippie bullshit, but I wouldn't be present. Like, yeah. I, wouldn't, I, wouldn't be, I wouldn't be enjoying the ride. Yep. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. I would be like, gotta get to the end point. Mm-hmm. And that made... Like the enjoyment of the ride, forgive me for this fucking terrible <laughs> metaphor, but we are talking about sex here. Uh. That made like the any anything in between, I would almost get anxious, right? Mm-hmm. Like trying to get to that finish line. I know I sound like a frat boy right now, but <laughs> I have always told you that if I was a man, I would be a terrible person. <laughs> uh. um, but anyway, so I used to be very like orgasm focused and... Um, in the past several years of my life, or I don't know when this flipped for me, mm-hmm. or when I acknowledged that that was causing me to not enjoy my sex as much, mm-hmm. I sort of uh, tried to dethrone the orgasm, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. To to recognize that being intimate with your partner, playing foreplay, uh, yep. being playful, yep. you know, or or doing things that are maybe sexual but aren't sex, mm-hmm. you know, yep. um, can be really fun. And, and uh, that what is important is that you two are enjoying each other, that you are exploring each other, that you're experiencing something together. Yeah, for sure. On the second point is the flip side of this is, girl... If you are not orgasming, <laughs> you know this was coming. I did. I thought that's where we were starting, but then you like <laughs> threw me for a loop. I was like, if "Oh, wait, you are no not orgasms." Coming, <laughs> if you are having sex every day and it's becoming a routine and you are not having an orgasm, that's a great place to start. <laughs> right. Is to say, "I'd love to have sex. How about you make me come?" Mhm. And then I'm going to go to sleep. And in the morning, <laughs> we can try this again, you know. <laughs> um, joking. But not joking, um, I am baffled, baffled by how many people uh, who are physically capable, mm-hmm. um, because I know that there can be a lot of things at play when it comes to orgasms. Yep. Um, so no shame. I don't want to add to the orgasm shame that some people have. No, for sure. Um, not everyone can achieve orgasm and not everyone is interested in orgasms. Right, right. And I have been partners with both of those types of people um and i i have a lot of empathy for that and i I don't want that to be something that spurs any more shame but if you can if you know how Mm -hmm. um and and you aren't asking that of your partner and you want them Mm -hmm. and you want to come yep um i just want you to know that like life is short and there are so many <laughs> orgasms at your fingertips right literally <laughs> you can only have so many orgasms in your life like don't give them away oh my god that is not <laughs> true huh? is it what if there's no, I mean, a like finite... your time related like oh, yeah, you can yeah, yeah. only have so many so like don't pass them up when they are available to oh, you i thought you were saying like a purity thing like <laughs> you only have a hundred orgasms in your lifetime go don't give them away to little no. old johnny milkman <laughs> Johnny Milkman. That's right. He's that's a babe. That's my drag name. <laughs> um. Anyway. Uh. Yeah. We are all over this. Yeah. This is crazy. We are all over the place with this yeah. sex letter. So this basically, is why we don't answer sex letters because they excite us and make us uncomfortable <laughs> at the same time. So we lose all train of thought. Uh huh. And we just start saying random things that you about queefing. <laughs> well, that was you. Yeah. 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 Oh, toys. 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 Buy yeah. a toy. Buy a vibrator. Um, yeah. 
Yeah. You want to talk about ruts? Yeah. So let's let's destigmatize the sexual rut and say yeah. that like I think that we have this <laughs> myth that like I'm sorry, I want you to say what you're about to say, but like I am totally all over the place because I also believe in the rut, but like five seconds ago I was like, if you're not coming, yeah. it's not worth it, ladies. <laughs> bye bye. You know, like it's complicated. Yeah. Okay. It's nuanced. There's Everything many layers. It's complicated. <laughs> we are so multifaceted. This issue is multifaceted. Forgive me for being blunt and for chanting yes. orgasms into the microphone. Yep. Um Yeah, I think that like we are uh there's like this expectation or this like mythos around like your sex life should be amazing all the time. And if it's not amazing, then like you're doing something wrong. Right. And like or like having sex for the sake of having sex is like a bad thing. Right. And the reality is is that like we are all people in relationship and relationships are weird and complicated and and there is a place for a sexual rut. There is a place for you know, we're just not feeling it right now and we right. haven't figured out why, but like it's okay to be in that space. Like it's okay to be in a space where you're in conflict with your partner, right? Right. And so I think that um one of the things like when I was talking about sex with my therapist, I was like I just feel like, you know, you know, like this relationship that I'm in needs to be like, we should be having more sex and like, we should be you know wanting to have sex more. And like, it feels like all of my friends have these like great sex lives with their partners. And she was like, no, that's not, that's real. not real. That's another lie that we tell ourselves. <laughs> yeah. Like your friends might be having great sex with their partners, but like, are they going to talk to you about like, oh, well, we had sex last night. And it wasn't that great. So yeah, like, oh, totally. I'm not looking forward to I it was, next time. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going <laughs> right? to like, like call you up and be like, oh, my God, I had sex last night and thought about somebody else yeah. or like didn't come or whatever. Right. And I think that there's so much shame involved in sex in general, but there's also so much shame in talking about like bad sex or like yes. disappointing sex with your partner. And like, I feel like we get an empowerment from being like, I had sex last night with my partner and it was so fantastic. We've done it like three times times today and i like oh love God, every minute of exhausting. it i know right <laughs> but like the reality is is that we don't talk because we don't talk about sex we don't talk about the ways in which sex can be disappointing in the same way that our yeah. partners can be disappointing to us and yeah. like i want to say like it's okay to be disappointed in your sex life and it is okay even if you're disappointed in your sex life to still love your partner and want to be with them yes and it good sex is of course part of many people's relationships and a marker of many people's good relationships but it does not have to be and it's up to you to decide how important sex is how important good sex is how important not having a sexual rut is and you get to decide yep and you can't let other people try and shame you into wanting something that you don't want or being disappointed in something that you think is just fine for you absolutely i totally agree i think it starts end rant <laughs> <laughs> it uh and the 14th topic we've covered in this first letter <laughs> um it starts internally lk it yep. starts with how you want your relationship to sex be um how, how you want to form your relationship to sex yep what you want from sex yep um and what you're comfortable giving or not giving to your partner because remember what you provide to your partner sexually does not define you or your worth in your relationship yep and two, start talking about sex now with your partner. Yep. It's not going to get easier three years down the line. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. God bless my freaking 
uh, deceased grandmother uh-huh. <laughs> who passed away in um, July, July. Oh my God, January. Mm-hmm. And she, I was interviewing her. It's one of the first Patreon episodes you can listen to. I interviewed my grandmother about her 50 plus year relationship with my grandfather and her, you know, love and stuff like that. Yeah. And my grandmother said, um, you know, she was talking about like intimacy and, and she's like, you know, we waited to have sex and he was, he, this is how he showed me he loved me or whatever. And then she goes, but it wasn't until I was like 40 until he started getting it right sexually. <laughs> And they got married when she was like 18. And she goes, I was thinking to myself, wow, Chalmers, you really got it. (laughs) So, I mean, like, be like my grandmother in so many ways, but don't be like my grandmother in that if you know what you want, ask for it. Yep. Empower yourself to ask for it because you deserve it. Absolutely. Thank you so much for writing, LK. We love you. Sorry for the craziness of our (laughs) response to that letter. LK's going to be like... Uh, what? what? <laughs> yeah, like, what am I supposed to do? Was that advice? <laughs> Listen, y'all, we are not professionals. We're literally just two friends that do the exact thing that you imagine podcasts are. is like sit in a room and laugh at each other. <laughs> All right, y'all know that Sam and I record every single episode of Just Break Up virtually. So I literally see this beautiful person on Zoom, like multiple times a week. And every time Sam pops up into Zoom, I comment on their outfit. And I swear, like 99% of the time, I'm like, oh my God, that outfit is so cute. Where did you get it? Sam says quince. You too can upgrade your wardrobe with luxury essentials at unbeatable prices. Quince is here to transform the way you shop with a range of high quality items priced within reach. That's right. They have 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14 karat gold jewelry. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middle person and passes that saving on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Y'all have heard me talk about my leather bag that I use as both a laptop bag and a diaper bag. And I love it because, (laughs) (laughs) honestly, it looks really cute in every single circumstance that I use it. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash justbreakup for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's quince.com slash justbreakup to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash justbreakup. All right, Head & Heart Workers, you know I'm all about tackling our money shame and becoming fiscally empowered, regardless of how much money we make or how much debt we have. I think it's such a crucial step in our own self-acceptance and empowerment. That's why I love that today's episode is sponsored by Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. With Rocket Money, you can see all of your subscriptions in one place. And if you see something you don't want, you can just cancel it with a tap. 
You never have to get on the phone with customer service. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple of months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled unwanted subscriptions. And listen, we always talk to you about like conflict styles and open and honest communications, but honestly, save your energy and get Rocket Money to cancel those subscriptions for you. <laughs> Stop wasting yeah. you money. You don't need to practice that. Yeah. <laughs> we don't need to do head and heart work with like customer service representatives. You know what I mean? Like just like... Use the middle person. <laughs> Just get Rocket Money in there to help you do what you need to do. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. That's rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. Rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. All right. Okay. I saw a funny meme that was like, two choices. Uh, every millennial either goes to therapy or starts a podcast. <laughs> what about both? Yeah. <laughs> All right. This next letter is coming to us from Claire, who is writing to us from Canada. Claire writes, first of all, thanks so much for doing this podcast. I appreciate your vulnerability in that you're willing to share so many of your personal stories to help others. So here goes. I recently broke up with my boyfriend of four years. We lived together and he moved far away from his friends and family in order to live with me while I was attending school. This made the breakup extra complicated. And ultimately, I broke up with him over the phone after he decided to stay in our hometown after a fight. He has expressed suicidal thoughts during fights in the past, and I thought it best that he be near friends and family when I did it. The relationship was extremely toxic, to say the least, and pretty much none of my friends and family members truly supported me being with him. The problem is that he is prolonging the breakup. I've kept his number on my phone because I've had to contact him over logistical things like sending back his stuff and getting access to our cable bill. However, he texts me pretty much all day, even when I'm at work. I've talked to him on the phone several times since the breakup, and none of it is satisfactory. I told him that I have fallen out of love with him. And I was no longer happy, but he insists there must be more. If I'm being honest, it has to do with his toxic behavior, but I'm scared of being too blunt with him because he has a lot of anger problems and I'm worried for my safety. Time out. Let's just do a collective fuck toxic masculinity. Yep. Okay. Pour a little out for my little fragile homies out there. <laughs> Continuing, Claire writes, he is super close with his family and breaking up with him basically felt like breaking up with his parents, aunts, uncles, cousins, etc. They have contacted me. They have all contacted me following the breakup and his grandmother even insisted that I attempt to resolve things because her grandson is, quote, destroyed by my actions. They keep telling him that perhaps this is just a break and give him hope that we might get back together, despite my insistence that I am positive that I am no longer uh, I no longer wish to be together. His insistence on talking about things over and over has caused me a lot of anxiety and headaches. I've tried to draw boundaries again and again, and I typically don't respond to his plethora of texts unless it's to ask him politely to stop. How do I draw the ultimate boundary and move on from this relationship for good? I feel much happier and relieved since the breakup, but his constant texting is really weighing on my newfound happiness. Oh, Claire. Thank you so much for writing. Mm -hmm. um, I have definitely been in this position. Mm -hmm. yep. um, and this is a particularly 
frustrating and weighty ex- uh, experience yep. because um, you have hurt somebody mm-hmm. and you feel simultaneously like you are the cause of their suffering mm-hmm. and the only solution to their suffering, or yeah. at least that's what they feel, yep. you know? Um, and it is uh, definitely a really tricky situation, especially when threats of self-harm are in the way or, uh, you know, tempers. Yep. Typical um, traits of toxic masculinity or toxicity in gender, regardless of the uh, in, in general, regardless of the gender. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a shitty, really, really stressful situation to be in. And Claire, so we just send you our condolences and our support, and just want to say that we see you yep. in um, this 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 stressful thing that you're kind of being forced to carry. For sure. And I also want to say that we are very proud of you for ending this relationship that you didn't want to be in, that was toxic for you, for identifying all of the things that you didn't like and taking a stand for yourself and saying, I don't deserve this. I don't want to be here anymore. And for continuing to like maintain that, that line too, um, you know, and not getting back together with him just because there is so much pressure around you to, to do that. Right. Good for you for saying no and then continuing to to hold to what you want in which is to not be in that relationship. Right, exactly. Um, let's unpack before we jump into the the boundaries or like the ultimate boundary um that Claire writes about, let's unpack the fucking parent thing mm-hmm. or the familial pressure. Yeah. Because that's just um unfortunate. It is. Yeah. I was going to say a meaner word, <laughs> but uh, that's just unfortunate because what's happening is that you have right now, Claire, you are experiencing boundary overstepping mm-hmm. by several adults in his life that should know better. Yeah, for sure. Because th- that's the thing is that we can never control relationships that are outside of our own. Yep. We can barely control the people that are in our own relationships. <laughs> Let's talk about that. Uh-huh. Um, and. And I understand to the parents out there, I understand that it must be a particular type of heartbreak to watch your child hurting. Mm -hmm. For sure. But I feel like they're overstepping some major like like social um, norms or what is appropriate uh, behavior. Mm -hmm. They're overstepping it for the sake of continuing the the babying that has led to this type of behavior from the ex yeah for sure and, and i'm i'm assuming something right there <laughs> but the fact that the grandmother is like oh my god this this terrible woman has broken my grandson's heart for sure yeah you know it's okay to gossip internally in your family <laughs> yeah no and it i mean it must be hard for his grandma to watch him be in pain like right. i can totally understand that she would be upset that her boy or that her boyfriend that her grandson yeah grandma <laughs> Is feeling destroyed by this breakup. Like it has to be hard to watch someone go through that and to not want to do something to help. But the way that they are trying to help is inappropriate and it is not actually going to be helpful in any way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Claire, uh, we could muse on a little bit more about that, um, but just don't answer those calls. Yeah. And block I think those fun no- phone numbers. And I know that it feels like a really callous thing to do to do that because, like, I'm sure that they are wonderful, wonderful right. people who and, are very kind to you. And the thing we've been taught to do when we do something that people don't want is to overextend ourselves and Absolutely. to and to be that nice, available person, even though you can't be with the 
X, it's like, well, at least I can talk to these people. But um, there, to me, I just feel like that's really inappropriate. Mm-hmm. Unless, I mean, there would have to be some pretty extreme circumstances in which I would contact the X. Like, I don't even know. Like, I if you and Peter <laughs> broke up, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, that's hard because Peter's my friend. But let's pretend that Peter and I are friends. Uh-huh. Um, I'm not sure what would bring me to go to him to be like, um, you're making a mistake. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. like, I would rather be there for my friend. Right. Um, it's hard, though. I'm probably throwing rocks in a glass house. Is that the right phrase? Yeah. People who live in glass houses shouldn't throw rocks do i live in a glass house yeah i don't really know what the fuck does that mean <laughs> Let me, teach me oh wise idiom people on the internet yeah please explain <laughs> to us what that means <laughs> thank you the other day somebody sent us a cuffing what what cuffing was <laughs> oh good perfect yeah. yeah yeah just i was like we'll learn one day <laughs> <laughs> right anyway claire um yeah just don't don't uh don't listen to them no. It's okay to block them. To it be honest, it's okay to block them. The last breakup I went through, um, I got along really, really, really well with his mother and his mm-hmm. sister, mm-hmm. and they both were so crushed when we broke up, and yeah. both sent me like notes of condolences, and I was polite um, and grateful for those co- condolences, but um, like I ended up like blocking or like un- unfollowing. Yeah. Um, his sister on Instagram because I just I I don't want to participate yeah um in that family anymore because I have chosen to leave it you know right. and that is okay you can do those things yeah absolutely you get to decide how those people are in your life and it sounds like they're not being a healthy force in your life right now right. and so I know it feels like you need to be nice to them and you need to be kind to them because they have been so kind and loving towards you and your relationship with your boyfriend. But the reality is, is that you don't have to exercise that kindness. Right. That is a lie that 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 you are telling yourself that you need somehow to make amends for this thing that you feel guilty about, which is breaking up with him. Yeah. But you broke up with him. And <laughs> like that's okay. Did. It's you're, good. You're, you are seeking your higher happiness. That's right. And so you get the opportunity to uh, say, you know, I don't have to I don't have to care about what those people think about me anymore. Right. And I don't have to extend kindness to them because sometimes withholding like even withholding kindness feels like being mean. Right. Right. And you're oh my not. God. <laughs> right? That is the <laughs> fucking truth of the century. And you are not being mean by withholding that kindness. Jesus you Christ, are just so smart. <laughs> establishing boundaries around what you can give to people who are no longer in your life. And you know what you can do? The last thing I'll say about his family yeah. is you can be grateful that he has such a big team to support him Absolutely. in the ways that you no longer have to. Mm-hmm. And the last thing you can say to maybe his parents or his grandmother, whoever contacts you last is... I need to put up stronger boundaries so that I can take care of myself. Mm-hmm. My ex is really having a hard time letting go of this, but I need to cut it off. I'm asking you to help him with this very hard transition because I can no longer do it. Yep. That's um, great. Or just don't talk to any of them ever again. Yeah. But <laughs> if you want to say one biting thing before you walk away. <laughs> it's not biting it's just honest or even just like maybe like say that to yourself too right right like even if you don't say it to them be like i am i am letting those people who love him take care of him because i no longer can right and i know it's really scary again i breakups are awful they really are 
they're just the worst mm-hmm. and add things like anger and threats of violence. Yeah. And they are the worst. I get sick to my stomach thinking about experiences um, that are for, that I've had that are familiar to your experience, Claire. So I just want to say, like, I know this isn't as cut and dry as Sam and I are saying, yep. but at the end of the day, it is. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, it is actually about blocking that number yep. and not allowing yourself to be accessible to this person anymore. Absolutely. And we know that there are a thousand other things, like uh, like roots that connect you back to him, but it's really just about cutting them off. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, and that's hard. It is. But here's the thing is that no one else is going to reinforce your boundaries for you, right? Mm -hmm. Like you are the only one that can establish and maintain boundaries. People are going to constantly want to overstep those boundaries. Like that is what people in this world do. They always want to take more from other people and and get other people closer to them. Right. And what what we have to do as people who are trying to move through this world in a way that we can maintain our healthiness and our sanity is by maintaining our own boundaries. And right. and we can't ask other people to do that for us. We right. have to be the ones to say, right. listen, I cannot do this and I can't let you in in this way. And I'm sorry about that. But that is the hard and fast rule. And it expecting or waiting for him or for his parents to do that for you is not going to work. You yeah. have to do it for yourself. Yeah. And that's hard. That's hard work, Claire. It absolutely is. Yep. Um, but you know in your heart, you, you've you already said, like, this is newfound happiness. I feel so much more clarity since mm-hmm. I've done this. Yep. Like, keep making the taking those radical steps towards your own self-empowerment to your freedom. That's yep. what we're talking about here, right? Yep. Um, and it will get easier. Mm-hmm. We are really sorry for the loss, for the pain, for the for the struggle of all this. For sure. But we know you are on a path to a greater personal freedom, and yep. we're really proud. Absolutely. And if he's texting you every single day, you can block him. <laughs> Absolutely. And I know that like there are logistical things that need to happen in, in re- breakups sometimes. But you can ask a friend. Absolutely. You can ask a friend. You can unblock him to ask him for the the password to the internet and then re-block him when, <laughs> when mm-hmm. you get that information. Or communicate that only via email. Yeah. Yep. And have it be like a, a burner email. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, honestly. Like, do what yeah. you need to do. People, people did not always have this unfettered access oh to us. Oh, my God. I right? was like, just thinking about that. People didn't always have the ability to... To, to text us 80 million times a day, right? You know, and have it show up of, every time. I was like, I want to delete all of my social media and I just can't because of my job. Mm-hmm. But I was thinking about how, you know, like that person from high school that you just didn't like. Yeah. You know, uh-huh. and now you have access to them and their seven kids and like <laughs> their new divorce or uh-huh. or like the <laughs> the products that they're selling on Facebook oh, um, sure, through yeah. a, you know, uh-huh. a marketing pyramid scheme <laughs> or whatever. I just I imagined myself being back in the 70s or 80s thinking like thinking back on high school and being like, oh, I wonder what happened to so-and-so. Mm-hmm, That's right? what it used to be like, y'all. Like, we <laughs> yep. did not have to see people who even evoke annoyance in us. Mm-hmm. Do you know yep. what I mean? Yep. Um, 
like my dad will my dad's not on any social media he barely knows how to text he lives in the woods and when he doesn't like somebody he can avoid them yeah he can just not have them in their life and we have such constant access to people that don't fill up our internal well or right. don't make yeah. us feel good yep. and i think it's just it's wearing on us yep. you know to feel like we have so many details and so many people that we don't care about in our heads for sure uh I also just want to say, Claire, that if you are in a place where you yes. feel unsafe because of the threats that he is giving or because of the anger that he is exhibiting, I do want you to seek help from some place that can offer you resources that can keep you safe. So the National Domestic Violence Hotline is 1-800-799-7233. So if you're ever in a place where you feel like unsafe, you can or call that, that he, number. Or that he is unsafe for himself. Yep. Then you can call that number and they will connect you with local resources that will be able to help you get things that you need in order to keep yourself safe uh, if if you're not feeling that way. Yeah. Claire, we love you so much. We're really, really freaking proud of you. Um, and we hope that this become. we know that yeah. this is going to become easier over time. Absolutely. We know that you can do this. Thanks for writing. Okay, our last letter, Samuel. All right, our last letter comes from Shelby. Shelby? <laughs> Shelby. I think Shelby is such a cute name. It is a really cute name. It feels like really like like an 80s baby name. It is, but it's really cute. But like, I feel like it's come back. Like it's a cute name now. Shelby. Yeah. Shelby S., who's writing from Knoxville, Tennessee. Hey, Sam and Sierra. I am a cishet white 26-year-old female, and I am writing to ask, is there any way to cope with being good at everything except for romantic relationships? (laughs) (laughs) I know the letter, so I know that this is a really cute redeeming letter, but Uh I'm like, good at everything. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm with her. And actually, Shelby writes, I'm a badass. (laughs) Yeah, you are, Shelby. I know you are. I'm currently working on a PhD in ecology and evolutionary biology and an MS in statistics. My dissertation is even on the epidemic of gun crime in Chicago, something the CDC doesn't even get funding to study. Hmm. Apart from that, I'm an ultra marathoner, rock climber, and overall boss athlete. I'm also a supportive friend and put in a whole lot of head and heart work. I'm in group therapy for healthy relationships. I read a lot of scientific literature on psychology and non-scientific literature on mental health and love. Shout out to Sierra and Button Poetry for giving me a lot with which to work. That being said, I have been through some terrible relationships. My dad was an emotionally abusive bipolar alcoholic who, while in a sober season, once apologized for always loving my sister more than me. Oh my god. <laughs> that's that's I rough. I forgot about that. <laughs> Jesus Christ. One of my high school boyfriends was suicidal and made me feel like it was my problem to solve. Then my college boyfriend cheated on me six times during our three-year relationship. Oh my god. And I never had the courage to leave despite knowing all about it. I faced emotional absence, emotional abuse, sexual violence, ghosting, and plenty of other unfortunate relationship occurrences. I am finally at a point where I'm confident in myself professionally and personally, but my failures in romantic relationships are starting to mess with my self-worth. How can I be so good at most things but unable to hack finding good, true love despite all of the work that I'm putting in? Oh, Shelby, my darling. Thank you so much for your letter. Um, sorry for laughing at the six times. That's terrible. <laughs> I actually relate to that on a very deeply personal level. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. Yep. Um, 
I want to first start out by saying I think it is so attractive when somebody is confident. Like, yeah. I love that Shelby is like, I'm a boss ass bitch. <laughs> this is what I can do. This is what I can do. And then I can do this uh-huh. backwards right. in yep. heels. You, you know, are, you are doing quite a bit, Shelby. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I just think it's such an. I, I wish more people could um, speak as lovingly towards themselves mm-hmm. as you did, Shelby. So thank you for reminding me of, of that yep. lovely thing. Yep. Um, and I think I want to start by saying, or I already started. So I always say that. I'm always like, the first thing I want to say, and it's and then like I the start by saying, 18th thing. Yeah. Everybody's at home like, okay, Sierra. And then like the last thing is like, and I want to end with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> at least I get that on the end, you know? Um, okay. Uh, so what I want to say is I don't, I don't mean this as a, a read at mm-hmm. all. Yeah. And I don't mean to dethrone your terrible relationships. It definitely sounds like you have gotten the short end of the stick mm-hmm. uh, when it comes to romance and um, sources of love in your life, right? But I also want to say that a lot of people have romantic histories that look a lot like yours. Oh, for sure, yeah. And that's not the, like, that's not to delegitimize your your pain or anxiety. No. It's more like to... to put the pressure off, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. To maybe normalize the fact that like I would argue the majority of people have really uh negative experiences in dating before sure. they have a good one. Yeah, I mean that's how dating works. <laughs> that's why we have a fucking podcast. <laughs> Am I saying that correctly cuz I want to be empathetic? Like it Shelby, you're right. All of those things suck and can create terrible connections in your brain when it yep. comes to love and intimacy and things like that for sure um and we'll like give you a little lug love ice cream sandwich hug mm-hmm. in a minute but also like yeah this is life this mm-hmm. is love and and suffering and yep. and putting your heart out there and being susceptible to the 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 real trash that is humans yeah right <laughs> you know the the Humans have the capacity to do so much wonderful things, and mm-hmm. we equally have the same amount of capacity. The best of us have the same capacity to hurt other people. Yeah. Um, and so, Shelby, I just want to say, like, welcome to the hallowed ranks of those of us with traumatic experiences with love. For sure. And I also want to I want to divorce your thinking about this from I'm good at this or bad at this. Yeah. Because it's. In dating and in everything, <laughs> there's really no good at or bad at, right? It is that we are continually trying to do our best with the tools and resources that we have available to us. Right. And it is not a measure of, I did this well and therefore I am good or I am I am worthy of this love, I, right? Yeah, and I think, let me just jump on that because... Yeah. We can be good at baking. We can be good at running (laughs) a race. You know, like those, we're not, but we're not talking about aptitude here. Yeah. We're not talking about um, rock climbing, Shelby. For sure. We're talking about the most nuanced, most complicated thing, which is is to mash two human beings together and see if they can make any sense of it. For sure. Um, And so it's not about aptitude that has led you to these toxic relationships, right? Like it is that people out there are toxic and they take advantage of us no matter like how self-empowered we are and how good we feel about ourselves. Like there is, there are 
opportunities for people to take advantage of us always, right? And so I want you to divorce the blame that you're putting on yourself for these horrible relationships that you've been in, for your abusive alcoholic father, for your the sexual violence that was yes. perpetrated against you from that boyfriend who cheated on you six times and you felt like you couldn't leave him. Nothing of those has anything to do with how good you are at relationships. Right. They are just bad things that happened to you. Yes. And, and you are not bad at relationships because they happened to you. They just happened to you. Yes. That is just so accurate. And I know that's sometimes hard because our little self-loathing goblin that lives in all of our heads <laughs> uh-huh. yep. is like, no, it's because of you. Right. Yep. <laughs> you know, like he cheated on you because you're bad at love. Right. You stayed with him because you are a weak, awful person yeah. who's bad at relationships. Totally. And it's like, no, you stayed with him for a multitude of reasons. Because you have a fucking heart. Right. And because, because it's hard to leave people, even is... if they are being shitty to oh you. <laughs> all so real um and shelby and we know you know this because you're already doing the head and heart work for sure you're just not you're not giving yourself the grace to say love isn't a race yeah or love isn't a mountain to climb or love isn't a dissertation i can write right love is a multifaceted uh multi-fingered experience right that that we feel so many things from it that that it could never be compared to something as one dimensional mm-hmm. as uh, a a hobby mm-hmm. or a I don't know career. <laughs> I'm sorry. One dimensional. <laughs> yeah. Careers. Also, the poet came out in me, and because I was like, when I said multi fingered, everybody in the audience was like, "What the fuck <laughs> is she talking about?" I thought about it. Yeah. Alien porn. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, <laughs> oh. But what I was what I was trying to say that is that like. There are just so many sensations going on For sure. in love. There, yeah. are, We have our childhood influences. We have our love languages. We have our triggers. We yep. have the people's baggage that they bring, even though we're not going to use the word baggage anymore nope. because the people's it is... experiences that Thank they bring. You. There we go. <laughs> um, there are just there are so many things going on and there's so many things that can affect your day. Like, for example, mm. you could go on a date with a shithead, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And you and that shithead are about to get into an argument about um, something that you really care about and he thinks is terrible or whatever. Voter ID. Yep. 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 <laughs> That's a throwback to why Sam broke up with him. <laughs> um, and, uh, and this is your first date and you're like, why am I out with this guy? And then all of a sudden um, something terrible happens like somebody gets into a bike accident right in front of you mm-hmm. and this guy is an EMT so you get to see him doing his his thing and he helps this person and he looks so compassionate and mm-hmm. he looks like a hero mm-hmm. and all of a sudden you're falling for this guy that was originally giving you some red flags. Yeah. This is just and and then all of a sudden you're in a date you're you're dating him for 6 months and you're about to move in together. Uh-huh. <laughs> Just because the experience that you had on the first date, the the literally the thing that happened next to you influenced your perception of this person. Mm-hmm. Yep. This is a really bizarre <laughs> long-winded way to say that there are so many different ways multi-fingered, if you will. <laughs> what the fuck that means but there are so many influences in romantic relationships yep and there are so many things coming at us so it is impossible to say oh well if i just train harder if i study harder if i run faster right or if i could be good at love 
or if I could control other people and all of the things that they bring to relationships. Right. It's just not real, Shelby. <laughs> right? You're, you are you are asking yourself to be good at the most complicated mm-hmm. most uncontrollable thing in yep. the universe, yep. which is love. For sure. And I also just want to say and you talked about this I think a little bit, but like your self-worth is not tied up in how bad you are in dating or right. your self-worth is not tied up in uh, the shitty things that other people did to you. Yes. But I also want to say that your self-worth is not tied up in the fact that you run other ultra marathons. It's not tied up in the fact that you are amazing and awesome and incredible at your job and that PhD that you are working on and that dissertation you are writing. That, that's not what makes you a good person. That's right. And I want to say those are all like the, the ultra marathons, the rock climbing, the athlete, like all of that is stuff you should absolutely be proud of. And I don't want to take that away from you. But no matter what, if you are shit at all of those things, you would still be worthy of love. You would still be a good person. You would still be happy, healthy, and whole inside of you. And so it's about taking that idea of I have to be good at things in order to be a good person and stripping that all away. Right. You are good regardless. Ugh, you I are. Just, <laughs> I like got. I was dancing when Sam was talking because he was just doing such a good di- time, and then I was crying. <laughs> like, I was like nodding my head in like incessantly, and then the tears were there. Right, and so like. You can be good at a bunch of things. You can be bad at a bunch of other things. None of that matters because you we all have are inherent, a beautiful person we have and we love you. Goodness. Yes, <laughs> right? we do. He's, he's shaking his fist. <laughs> um, we all have inherent goodness. We all have inherent value. No matter it, it, it's 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 deconstructing the systems of oppression that we internalize, like yep. capitalism. Like we are only worth what we make, yep. or romance. Right? We are mm-hmm. only worth who loves us. Yep. Right? All of these things aren't real we have inherent value as human beings on this planet absolutely and like you know i think that you probably learned from a young age because of your dad that you were never going to be good enough (laughs) you just had to go there drag me to the (laughs) core of the earth right leave me there to burn you will never be as good as your sister and so like i just think that you i'm gonna give you a fucking PhD right now in advice giving. You're crushing right? like it. Like you have taught yourself that if if I get that PhD, if I'm bomb, if I'm amazing, if I run these marathons, I will finally be worthy of this love that I have not been able to have. And I and I'm not trying to say that like you shouldn't be proud of the fact that you run ultra marathons and you shouldn't be proud like you shouldn't work your ass off. Like go for it. Do it. If it if it's what you want to do, then do it. But that all doesn't have anything to do with how good you are and whether or not you deserve love. Fuck me up, Sam. <laughs> Fuck me up. Shelby and I are over here just like 180. I hope so. Or Shelby's floor. like, okay, wow. I, <laughs> I did not need this. <laughs> um, all right, Shelby. We hope this helps. We hope you are laying out on the floor like I am <laughs> in awe of Sam's genius. That's yeah. Okay. Well, um, but we're, also, that, but... <laughs> we're hoping that you feel good and full as is right Absolutely. now. Yep. Um, we love you so much. Thank you so much for writing. All right. That wraps up episode 55, which brings us to the blind date segment of our show. Every episode, we want to set you up with something that we want to send you home with this week. It is pixel eyewear. <laughs> uh, I was yeah. waiting for some sort of reaction from you, and you didn't. You didn't react. Uh, I just don't know what it is. So Great. Have- so, um, 
all of this. So I'm someone that has to look at a lot of computer screens. Oh my god, is it the blue thing? Yeah. I have that. Amazing. But the person who gave it to me uh, was just like, it's this blue thing. (laughs) It was Blythe Baird. (laughs) Oh, I love her. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. Um, Yeah, so I'm, you know, part of my work is that I have to look at computer screens all the time. And computer screens give off a lot of blue light, which our eyes are not equipped to handle. And it creates a lot of eye strain. So I bought... These things called pixel eyewear, which are basically uh, fake glasses that cut out the blue light from screens to protect your eyes from eye strain. Um, and I will it has been like transformative over how much better my eyes feel when I come home from work every day. Totally. And it's like it's about com- I got them for work because like I'm doing so much on the computer and right. like looking at small numbers. And like I would go home from work and be like, oh, my God, I'm so exhausted. I'm so tired. But it wasn't that I was tired. It's just that my eyes were so strained yeah, they were that overworked. I felt yeah that I felt like exhausted because it felt like my I couldn't keep my eyes open totally and so like if you spend a lot of time looking at screens which I know that we all do mm-hmm. <laughs> right and like phone uh I would absolutely recommend it I love them because they are also like really cute and stylish um but there are like cheaper ones out there these ones are a little bit expensive I think mine were like 65 dollars but bad. but I also wear them literally every day and so I feel like okay well then that's like five cents a day or whatever over the course of the year to pay right. for these glasses right um and so I absolutely recommend them. I think they look super cute on me. Oh, my God. Why have you not sent me a fucking selfie of them? I will. I will next time. And, and if you look at my glasses, they have a blue tint to them. Oh, nice. My prescription glasses. And they actually, I think Pixel will also do that to your prescription lenses mm-hmm, as well mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. put that blue, that stuff that filters out the blue light. But it has just been like such a change for me to not come home after work totally. every day and be like, oh, I'm just so, my face is so tired. Uh, so check that out. It's Pixel Eyewear. You can find them online. I love that so much. All right. That brings us to the end of the episode. You can like us on Facebook and you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Just Break Up Pod. You can slide into our DMs, send us your favorite relationship memes. But most importantly, you can send us all of your questions about all matters of the heart at JustBreakUpPod.com, which is also where you can find our merchandise. Awesome. Uh, Please subscribe to this and write us a five-star rating and review. Uh, And also consider supporting us on Patreon. If you support us on Patreon for $5 a month, you get an additional bonus weekly episode. That's $5 a month for an additional weekly episode. Patreon.com slash JustBreakUpPod. This literally helps us keep the lights on and it helps us reach more brokenhearted souls who need two random strangers giving them relationship advice. Original music recording and producing by our good friend Big Cats. Make sure to check out his podcast, The What If Podcast. And remember, your self-worth is not wrapped up in what you do and how good you are at it. Your self-worth is inherent within you and your self-confidence has the opportunity to grow if you treat it like a flower, if you water it every day, if you do that head and heart work and remind yourself that you are worthy of all of the good things that are happening in your life, that you are worth a life worth living, and that the things are going to start going your way. You deserve the love that you are given, and you are going to let go of all of that negative self-talk, all of those negative feelings about yourself, and accept all that is good and glorious about you. And... If all else fails, just break up. <laughs>